Is there anything that the New York Rangers can do to keep unrestricted free agent Vladimir Tarasenko in the fold for next season and beyond? What kind of a contract would it take to get that done? Plus, the latest on the New York Rangers search for a new head coach. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 839 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And yeah, let's not waste any time here. Let's dive right into it. If you missed our most recent episode, we began our off-season series where we uh, you know, discuss every impending New York Ranger free agent, unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent, the whole nine yards, everybody from star players and you know, possible Hall of Famers all the way down to minor league free agents. We cover it all here on Locked On New York Rangers. And today, going to point the spotlight firmly at Vladimir Tarasenko, now 31 years old, uh, acquired by the Rangers along with defenseman Nico Mikola, a little bit before the trade deadline this past season in exchange for Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner, a conditional first-round draft pick in this upcoming season, and a fourth-round draft pick the season after. Vladdy ends up playing 31 games with the Rangers in the regular season, eight goals and 13 assists for 21 points. He's also a plus-four in that time. Then the playoffs, three goals and an assist in the seven-game series against the Devils. Uh, He was at least a part of the top six disappearing act. You know, I think for the most part, uh, those Ranger forwards just did not get it done in the playoffs. You know, Chris Kreider had some big games, and you know, even Mika Zibanejad had some moments here and there. Patrick Kane had some moments here and there, but uh, certainly, you know, from that top six grouping, uh, Panarin and Trocek struggled mightily. Uh, Tarasenko, you know, just uh, three goals and uh, the one assist. So, yeah, definitely not what we thought we were going to get from the top six in general. And as I said in the Patrick Kane episode, I'm not going to lay the blame at the feet of any one player. I didn't do it with Kane. I'm certainly not going to do it with Tarasenko, but I think uh, Tarasenko, one of several players that the Rangers were expecting more from uh, when it came time uh, to play postseason hockey here, uh, you know, in the series against the Devils. And of course, you know, you have a, an entire team, basically, that doesn't live up to expectations in the playoffs. You're probably not going to last very long. And uh, we saw that come to fruition with the New York Rangers. But as far as Tarasenko and, you know, his fit with the Rangers, overall, you know, I thought it was mostly a success. And you see 21 points in 31 games. It's a little bit underwhelming. You maybe expect a little bit more from Vladimir Tarasenko, um, you know, in, in a 31-game span in the regular season. Uh, but he looked like he at least fit in with his teammates, uh, scored a goal on it was either the first or second shift of his New York Ranger debut at Madison Square Garden. You know, the Garden that night, they were just looking for a reason to just explode because they knew Tarasenko was here. Everybody's excited for the stretch run and what can this guy do for us? And of course, once again, he ignites the Garden uh, with a goal, either his first or second shift. I'm having a hard time remembering which one it was, but very early in that game, got everybody rocking uh, when he did that. And something else that I also want to mention here, you know, talking about Vladimir Tarasenko and as far as, you know, reasons that he could conceivably back uh, with this team for this upcoming season, I'm going to just go with the very simple fact that once again, it's something we talked about in our Patrick Kane episode. The Rangers are very, very thin at right wing. There just really aren't a lot of answers there right now. Uh, The only player that seems to be, you know, firmly 
in the lineup next season and somebody that you can kind of look at as maybe being a top six caliber right winger is Capo Caco. And of course, Caco himself, you know, he's had his fair share of struggles over his first four seasons here. You know, I, I think he's somebody that has gotten better with every passing season, but he's also somebody that gets better very gradually. And I, I think Ranger fans are, are looking for that, you know, hop, skip, and a leap forward that I've talked about in previous episodes from Caco, Capo Caco next season. So even if you count Capo Caco as a top six caliber uh, right winger, you know, that's basically all you've got at right wing. And yes, you can go with guys like Goodrow, guys like VZ, but to me, those are guys that are more suited for the bottom six. Of course, Barclay Goodrow is at least something of a trade candidate this offseason. So there is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to right winger. And if you wanted to kind of shore everything up, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is an option you could at least look at. I mean, it's at least on the table. Uh, I think the problem here, and we're going to talk about this in greater detail, you know, going forward in today's episode, I think the big problem is that the Rangers just aren't going to be able to afford him. I mean, it's a very simple reason as far as why Tarasenko probably won't be able to be back for this upcoming season. But again, you know, if you're looking for that silver lining, if you're looking for that reason to you know, get excited and, and at least cling to some hope that maybe Tarasenko will be back. And uh, spoiler alert, I don't think he is going to be back. But if you want to just, um, you know, keep the hope alive a little bit, I think the biggest reason, the biggest thing you can point to, once again, the fact that the Rangers are very, very thin at right wing. They have a lot of uncertainty when it comes to right wing. I mean, take a look at these past two seasons as proof of that. This past season, the Rangers get toward the trade deadline. And what do they do? They go out there and they get uh, you know, obviously Tarasenko and also Patrick Kane to be the top two right wingers for the stretch run and for the playoffs. And the season before that, what did the Rangers do at the trade deadline? I mean, they did other things too, but uh, the two big moves this past year, once again, Kane and Tarasenko, the year before that, the two biggest moves that I think they made were Frank Vitrano and Andrew Kopp. And those are the two players that were playing in the top two right wing spots down the stretch in the regular season two years ago, and then also in the playoffs as well. So the Rangers right now, again, there's just not, outside of Kako, there's nobody that you can really look at as like, this guy either is a bonafide top six forward, or this guy is going to turn into a bonafide top six forward. Uh, one of you guys pointed out, and I mentioned this in the last episode as well, you know, Brent Othman can eventually, you know, he's primarily a left winger. He can eventually play some right wing for the Rangers if they want to go down that road. But again, you're talking about somebody who hasn't even made his NHL debut yet. So again, if you want Tarasenko back, I mean, some other things are going to have to happen. You're almost certainly going to have to trade Barclay Goodrow, free up a little bit of money going forward. Uh, the salary cap is very tight uh, right now for the New York Rangers. And we're going to talk about that in greater detail in a little bit here. But again, I think the biggest thing that Tarasenko has working in his favor and the biggest reason why the Rangers might want to at least you know, look down a couple of different avenues here as far as, you know, some some salary cap juggling that they can do and, you know, maybe moving a couple of expensive contracts. If they truly want to be a win now, win the Stanley Cup this upcoming season type of a team, then maybe you sacrifice, uh, you know, something of your future, which as I say that, it's not really something I want to do. But I mean, you could always trade, you know, an Alexi Lafreniere. I would not do that either before everybody loses their mind about that. I think Alexi Lafreniere needs to be here next season going forward. But if you want to hang on to Vladimir Tarasenko, you're going to have to shed some salary cap in one way or another. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, who I do not want the Rangers to trade at all. He's the heart and soul of this team. But he becomes another option 
making $3 million a season. So there are ways to make this work. There are ways to make this happen as far as keeping Tarasenko in the fold, but it's going to come at the expense of some other really good players on the New York Rangers, and it's probably also going to come at the expense of, uh, you know, some of the Rangers' future. You're going to have to end up, you know, trading guys that you probably don't want to trade uh, if you're going to make enough room for Vladimir Tarasenko to stick around for this upcoming season and beyond. And uh, I want to keep everything rolling here. I do want to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko's injury history and why that's also something of a red flag going forward as far as the Rangers or really anybody that's looking to sign uh, Tarasenko uh, once free agency begins a little over a month from now. And uh, we will get to that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel, which is the only sports gambling website that you could ever need. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action of basketball and hockey than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, stick around. You know, we're at the point here where it feels like any minute now. uh, It could happen while I'm recording this episode. It feels like at just about any second, the Rangers might name uh, the new head coach of this team, and we're going to discuss that a little bit toward the end of uh, today's episode. We've talked about a lot of the candidates in great detail in some prior episodes, so if you missed those, definitely go back and check those out. We talk about everybody from Peter Laviolette to Chris Knobloch to uh, Mark Messier to a couple of the coaches that are actually uh, no longer on the board. They've become head coaches uh, in the last couple of hours here, in fact. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to cover that from all angles, and we're going to do what we're doing Right here in some future episodes as well, once again, we are going to talk about every single impending free agent for the New York Rangers going forward. But for right now, let's keep the focus on Vladimir Tarasenko. We do have to talk about uh, his history of shoulder injuries. And I got to say, there's times where maybe I've downplayed this a little bit because I have talked quite a bit about, you know, Patrick Kane with his hip injury and how much of a factor is that and how much did that slow him down with the Rangers in the regular season as well as the playoffs. Uh, With Tarasenko, obviously, he's had some some shoulder issues. And, you know, I think part of the reason why I kind of uh, overlooked this is with Tarasenko, for me at least, it kind of felt like he was always just coming over here as a rental. Whereas with Kane, you know, the idea that he might come over maybe just as a rental, or maybe, uh, you know, he sticks around after re-signing with the Rangers, that feels a little bit more possible or a little bit more likely than the Rangers re-signing Vladimir Tarasenko. If you ask me right now, straight up, do I think either one of them is back with the Rangers this upcoming season? Uh, no, I don't. And I think the salary cap has more to do with that than anything else. But again, if you're the Rangers and you're going to try to bring back Vladimir Tarasenko, Uh, we're now in a situation where we don't have to just concern ourselves with Vladimir Tarasenko as a rental, staying healthy for, you know, two, two months, three months, whatever it would have been if the Rangers actually made a deep playoff run. You know, if we re-sign Vladimir Tarasenko to a three to five year contract, now we got to worry about him, first of all, getting older. And secondly, in getting older, staying healthier than he's been in, uh, you know, the, the preceding seasons, the last couple seasons before this one, he stayed pretty healthy this season. Um, but in, a couple of the more recent seasons, staying on the ice has been at least something of a challenge uh, for Vladimir Tarasenko. It's something that's a real concern, uh, and it's another reason why Vladimir Tarasenko 
becomes one of the free agents with a very intriguing market. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how much of a concern that is to teams and which team just kind of takes that leap of faith that he can stay healthy and uh, welcomes him into the fold for, you know, what should be a decently expensive contract. It's not going to be nuts. It's not going to be like $10 million a year. But Tarasenko, you know, I bet he gets about $6 million a season. I, I think it'll be somewhere in that ballpark. It'll, of course, also depend on how many years he gets. But getting back to the injury issues here, uh, as far as the number of games that he's played in, in recent seasons, this is in descending order. So this most recent season, the one that just concluded, the one that he finished with the Rangers, started with the Blues. Tarasenko in the regular season played 69 games, so not bad. Uh, the year before that was 75. The year before that, just 24. And the year before that, just 10. Now, of course, those are the two seasons that did not play the full 82 due to the whole COVID situation. But, um, you know, they obviously played a, a decent amount of games. And for him to only play in 24 and 10 games, respectively, in those two seasons, that is something of a concern. I think you would have to uh, concede that for sure. Even if you're a huge Tarasenko fan, you really want him back on this team. Uh, that is something that I think you have to at least take a look at. Uh, before those seasons, you know, and, and before the, the shoulder issues, Tarasenko was very durable, was always in the high 70s as far as how many games he would play per season out of the possible 82. Uh, he's been in the low 80s. There was actually one season in 2016-2017 where he played all 82 games. So it's only really the second half of his career where injuries have become a problem. But I mean, welcome to life in the NHL. That's how it goes for a lot of these guys. Uh, the older you get, the tougher it is to stay on the ice for you know all 82 or you know, 78 games, 76 games, whatever it might be. Uh, and obviously that's no different for Vladimir Tarasenko. It's become a little bit uh, more difficult for him, uh, once again, to avoid injury and play, you know, anything close to the full 82. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Tarasenko, there is a lot to like. Obviously, you know, he's somebody that's been there and done that. Former Stanley Cup champion, has had success in the playoffs in the past for the St. Louis Blues. And somebody who, it's not quite as profound as when they brought in Frank Vitrano. With Vitrano, I mean, it's just, he goes out there and it's just bombs away. You know, fire the puck at the net, ask questions later. Tarasenko is not quite on that level. And of course, with Vitrano, uh, he goes to a slap shot a little bit more often. With Tarasenko, you're looking more at that, that deadly wrist shot that he's got where, I mean, you blink and you miss it. And a lot of times, uh, the goalie might blink and he misses it and it ends up in the back of the twine. Um, but yeah, Tarasenko, one of those guys who is certainly not afraid to shoot the puck. And as I've talked about in the past, pretty much ever since the start of Locked On New York Rangers, the Rangers probably need a little bit more of that. They need guys uh, that are snipers, guys that uh, are not afraid to be a little bit selfish sometimes. And honestly, I don't even really consider it selfish. If you have a great shot and you can help your team by shooting the puck more often, then honestly, you're being selfish if you don't do that. You know, you're out there to use your skill set to the best of your ability. And if one of the biggest things that you bring to the table is the ability to shoot the puck and the ability to snipe, then you have to be out there doing that. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, again, he's somebody that's not afraid to do that uh, in the slightest. I also, you know, again, it goes back to what I mentioned briefly in the intro. I just feel like Tarasenko overall just fit in with this team. You know, he, he felt like he was really embraced by all of his teammates, uh, was very interactive with them on the bench. We saw him move uh, no, I mean, not really up and down the lineup that much, but he at least bounced back between the first line and the second line a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite line combinations the Rangers used after they brought in Tarasenko was when they had a top line of, from left to right, Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Vladimir Tarasenko. They did that uh, down the stretch a little bit in the regular season, and they just didn't stick with it for all that long. And I'm not really sure why they didn't, because uh, they look great together. You know, some of their zone entries were great. Uh, they would just, you know, hit the attacking zone with, with a burst of speed. Guys would be zigzagging and obviously uh, creating some great passing opportunities. Uh, they 
scored some goals off of the rush. I thought they looked really good, the three of them playing together. I mean, I guess what that line might lack a little bit is somebody to, I mean, the whole Ranger team basically lacks this, but it's a forward to go in there on the forecheck, dig pucks out of the corner and whatnot. Uh, but regardless, those three seem to really click together, seem to have instant chemistry when they were on the ice together. And I, I could have stood to have seen a little bit more of that trio uh, once again down the stretch in the regular season and then also in the playoffs as well. I thought they really clicked together. As far as, you know, again, what Vladimir Tarasenko gets next season, it's so difficult to predict these things because, you know, I mean, just to use one example, when it comes to like what somebody's trade value is or how much they're getting free agency, I don't think too many of us saw Tanner Janot uh, going for like five draft picks plus a prospect at the trade deadline this past season. And obviously that's an extreme example, but it just goes to show you never know how this is going to work. As far as what he gets, I mean, I've been saying that I, I think Vladimir Tarasenko can get himself probably at least a five-year deal. And I noticed some people, you know, I've talked to a couple of you guys on, uh, you know, the YouTube comment section, a couple of emails that I've gotten as well. Uh, that might sound a little bit high, you know, a five-year deal at five and a half million or maybe even six million. That might sound a little bit high. First of all, it's less expensive than his previous contract, which is to be expected. He's obviously older now. But again, you got to remember there's 32 teams in this league, right? And not all 32 of them are going to be going after Vladimir Tarasenko, but enough of them will be interested in him where the only way to get your guy to land Vladimir Tarasenko in free agency, if you really want to land him, is going to be to basically overpay, give him an extra year that you maybe don't necessarily want to give him, give him a couple more million dollars per season that you don't necessarily want to give him. That's just the way it works. You know, you're not going to get him for exactly what he's worth. You're probably going to end up having to pay a little bit more than what he's worth due to the competition from other teams. And that's true, whether we're talking about the Rangers or whether we're talking about any team in hockey that's interested in bringing Vladimir Tarasenko as a free agent. But in just a second, we're going to keep everything rolling. I want to uh, get to my opinion as far as what ends up happening as far as Tarasenko being a free agent and whether I think the Rangers have any chance to re-sign him, whether I think they could or should re-sign him. Uh, we're going to do that. Also going to do a quick update on the next, uh, you know, the well, rather uh, the, the Rangers search for the next head coach of their team. Uh, a couple of updates there. And uh, like I said, it's it's really beginning to feel like the Rangers are going to hire somebody sooner rather than later. There were a couple of uh, head coaches hired around the league just a little bit earlier today. And uh, just for frame of reference, it is Tuesday as I'm recording this. But yeah, we're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so Vladimir Tarasenko, will he be back next season? Do I think he'll be back? Do I want him back? Look, if you could just push a button, if there was no salary gap, if I could just push a button and uh, get one of these uh, impending UFAs to stay with the New York Rangers, I'm pushing the button, and Vladimir Tarasenko is my guy. Once again, I think he fit in very well with this team next season. I think they could use maybe another vet, and again, somebody that's kind of been there and done that as far as winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, I like the fact that he's not at all hesitant to shoot the puck, and again, just seemed to gel with his team. I, I like what Tarasenko brought to the table. However, there are some significant hurdles to get over. I already mentioned the shoulder in, in, shoulder injury issues, a little bit of a tongue twister there. Um, but again, the, the biggest issue for me is what he's going to cost in terms of the salary cap hit and the ramifications that could have for the Rangers down the road. Because a lot of times people forget, and I include myself in this, when you sign somebody as a free agent, whether it's one of your own guys that you're re-signing, whether it's somebody that you're bringing in from around the NHL to join your team, you don't just have to fit them in under the salary cap for the upcoming season. You have to fit them in under the salary cap for however many years that contract lasts. So, 
you know, let, let's take a conservative estimate here. Let's look at Vladimir Tarasenko, and let's say he only gets a three-year deal from the New York Rangers. Again, I think he will get more than that. I, I think you know, your only chance there to entice Tarasenko to take a three-year deal, I think, is to go with a really high average annual value. I'm not sure the Rangers can afford that either. Maybe if the salary cap goes up high enough, they can figure out a way to make that work. But Again, let's just take a hypothetical here. Let's say that Vladimir Tarasenko ends up with like a three-year deal from the New York Rangers, even though, once again, I do think he'll get more. So between now and the end of that contract, you know, the, the hypothetical three-year contract that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to sign with the Rangers, uh, there are a lot of other impending unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents that the Rangers uh, need to hang on to or would at least like to hang on to. And some guys are obviously more important than others. But to run through the list really quick here, you know, you look at this year's class of free agents. First of all, this year you've got uh, Patrick Kane, Tyler Mott, Nico Mikola, Yaroslav Halak. They are all unrestricted free agents. I think all of them are probably gone in free agency. If Vladimir Tarasenko comes back, now you might be okay with that, and that's fine. Uh, but then you've also got restricted free agents, Alexi Lafreniere and Keandre Miller. If they're both back next season, they're both going to be making more money. And to re-sign both of them and also fit in Tarasenko for whatever his price tag is going to be, that seems a little bit far-fetched. But let's, again, let's just roll with it and say the Rangers figure out a way to make that work. Uh, the following year, there are no UFAs, but you have Capo Caco as a restricted free agent, and you've also got Ryan Lindgren and Braden Schneider each as restricted free agents. So two very important defense and two very important pieces to this team. Everybody's always talking about how you know, the, the Rangers need to be tougher, they need to be grittier and all this stuff. Those are two of the guys that fit that example. And again, if you're paying big time money to Tarasenko, it's going to make signing those guys, you know, getting them long signed to a long-term deal, it's going to make it quite a bit more difficult. The year after that, uh, you've got three unrestricted free agents. There's two that really aren't that big of a deal, no disrespect, but the two that I'm talking about are Ben Harper and Jimmy Vesey. Obviously, you can re-sign them for cheap or let them walk. Either way, is probably okay. I, I like both players, but again, they're, they're not going to make or break your franchise. But the big unrestricted free agent in three years is Igor Shesterkin. So how in the world, you know, if you end up losing Igor Shesterkin because you're paying too much money to a Vladimir Tarasenko, who at that point will be 34 years old, uh, that's really not going to be a good look for the Rangers. So again, it's just one of those situations where it'd be great to have him back. If there was no salary cap in hockey and the Rangers were willing to spend whatever it took to put a winning team on the ice, and that'd be great. That'd be a wonderful world, wonderful world for us all to live in. Uh, but that's just not the the reality of the situation here. You know, obviously, tough decisions have to be made, and I just feel like with Tarasenko. Um, what he would end up causing this team and how long he would be under contract is just too much of a hurdle to get over uh, to keep him in the fold for this upcoming season. Something else that I mentioned in the Patrick Kane episode is the idea of Kane potentially looking to sign just a one-year contract with the Rangers. Uh, he's coming off the worst season of his NHL career. And so maybe the idea there is, you know, maybe he gets the offseason surgery, he comes back, he's good as new, uh, he has another chance to win a cup with the Rangers, and then, he, you know, he's a free agent the next year, and he can uh, get a better offer than maybe he'd be able to get this season coming off of his worst season ever. That's Kane, though. With Tarasenko, I, I just, I can't possibly picture him signing a one-year deal with anybody. He's 31 years old. Uh, my understanding is he has a family. I'm sure he'd like to be somewhere, you know, kind of long-term, and... He's not coming off of the worst season of his career. You know, he, he's still relatively young, and he's somebody who I think will have no shortage of suitors once the free agency begins. And something else that I always kind of like, not really laugh at, but it's something that always just kind of amuses me a little bit, is you, know, you hear the term hometown discount. And I've thrown it around on here as well. 
But the term hometown discount doesn't really apply to Vladimir Tarasenko. Vladimir Tarasenko was a New York Ranger for, what did we say before, like 31 games or something like that? Um, There's no real reason for Vladimir Tarasenko to give the Rangers any kind of a discount, any kind of a break, unless he just loves being here. Maybe he loves being a New York Ranger. Maybe he fell in love with the city right away. Maybe he loves his teammates. Maybe he thinks his team has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. If that's the case, then maybe he gives the Rangers a little bit of a break. But as far as him owing the Rangers anything, he doesn't owe the Rangers anything. you know. And a lot of these guys, when it all comes right down to it, what they're going to do is sign with the highest bidder. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've always talked about how this is a business. Uh, I think with Tarasenko, the other thing too, you know, I'm sure he wants to win another Stanley Cup, but a lot of times, you know, when players start to get older, maybe they do prioritize that a little bit. They sign with a team that they think has a good chance to win a Stanley Cup, and maybe Tarasenko will do that. Maybe he wants another one that bad, but he's already won a Stanley Cup, so you can't even really play that card with him. You know, he's somebody that uh, might very well do what a lot of these guys end up doing, and that's signing uh, with the highest bidder, but we'll see. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of different ways that this could go. Um, As far as, uh, you know, the ultimate X factor, and it's something that I'm going to try not to talk about too much in every single episode because it is going to affect every single team in this league. It's going to affect every single free agent in this league. The ultimate X factor right now is what will the salary cap be for this upcoming season? As of right now, you know, the reports were that it was only expected to go up from $82.5 million to $83.5 million. Uh, Gary Bettman himself, though, recently said, as recently as March, said that the salary cap could increase by more than that. And as Ranger fans, we can only hope so. Because as I've mentioned, and I think you guys are well aware of this as well, the salary cap is really tight for the Rangers right now. I don't think people realize just how tight it really is, though. And again, we're going to do in the future kind of like an interactive episode on capfriendly.com where we just kind of mess around with the settings. And uh, but if we trade this guy or, you know, what if we bring in this guy as a free agent or maybe this guy can sign for this price? We're going to have some fun with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to try to wait until I know what the salary cap is. But Again, I, I don't know that people really appreciate how tight the Rangers salary cap is right now. As of right now, there are 14 players in the Rangers that are under contract. The Rangers have $11.762 million in cap space to fill up nine spots. Nine spots, $11.762 million. Uh, that's if the Rangers want to go with 23 guys on the roster for this upcoming season. But say they even just go with 21 guys on the roster, you're still looking at just $11.762 million for seven spots. It is very tight right now. And again, that's, I don't want to trade Barclay Goodrow because I think the Rangers could use more players of his ilk, of his playing style. But you look up and down this depth chart and you got all these guys with all these no move clauses. How are we going to free up some money? Barclay Goodrow stands out like a sore thumb, excuse me. And it's not because I don't like him. I don't think he brings any value to this team. I just don't see another alternative when it comes to you know having to free up some money to, for the Rangers to re-sign some of their own guys, to bring in somebody else. I mean, it, it is ridiculously tight right now as far as the Rangers and the salary cap is concerned. The bottom line here, as far as Vladimir Tarasenko is concerned, I would love to have him back next season. Again, if I could just hit a button and not worry about the salary cap, salary cap disappears Who do I want back more than anybody as a UFA uh, for the Rangers this season? Vladimir Tarasenko is definitely my guy. Again, gives the Rangers a much-needed big-time right winger, which they currently lack. Uh, He's got that nasty wrist shot and that shoot-first mentality. I mean, for his career, he has more assists than goals, but it's not by a wide margin. And, you know, just, just that willingness to shoot the puck, that championship pedigree. Uh, and, and Tarasenko, honestly, when he was with the Rangers, a little bit more of a physical player than maybe I realized, maybe I gave him credit for while he was with the Blues, uh, you know, threw his weight around a decent amount, not like Ryan Reeves-esque, but, you know, he played some decently physical hockey, and yeah, I would love to have him back, but I just don't see how it's possible. I mean, you got to start with trading Goodrow, 
You'd have to probably trade somebody else you don't want to trade, whether it's Lindgren or one of the uh, the two big RFAs, either Lafreniere or Miller. And I just don't know, man. I, I don't see how the Rangers, how it would be a good idea for them to twist themselves into a pretzel and just start trading away players left and right just to make room for Vladimir Tarasenko. And I say this once again, as a big fan of Vladimir Tarasenko, I say this as someone who is very appreciative of what he came over and did for the Rangers this season, but I just don't think it's in the cards, and I don't think it would be wise for the Rangers. Is there a literal way for them to do it? Yes, there is, but you'd have to move mountains to make this happen, and I just don't think it's worth it uh, if you're the New York Rangers. But I figure we can uh, close the book there as far as you know, talk about Vladimir Tarasenko and his impending unrestricted free agency. If there's any other developments, if there's any other uh, rumors or, you know, anybody, uh, any credible source putting out some reports about Tarasenko talking to the Rangers or what the rumor is as far as where he might want to go in free agency, obviously we'll discuss that in a future episode. Uh, But I did want to turn our attention uh, for the last couple minutes here to what else the Rangers search for their next head coach. There are several reputable sources saying right now that the Rangers are leaning toward Peter Laviolette. I've had a gut feeling all along that it's going to be LaViolette. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, It's a move that in some ways feels a little bit too safe. In other ways, though, you know, this is a win-now team, and they're not going to wait for— or the thinking here that they're probably going with is that they're not going to wait for a new head coach to get acclimated and stick his toe in the water and figure out what he's doing as a head coach in the NHL. They want somebody that's proven. Laviolette's been to the Stanley Cup final three times with three different teams, uh, won the one Stanley Cup. So, you know, of all the uh, the retread options, I do think he's at the top of my list. Although there is a pretty uh, sizable part of me that uh, I, I feel like I would rather the Rangers go with somebody um, a fresh face, a fresh voice, somebody that uh, has not been a head coach in this league with 12 different teams or whatever the case might be. Um, but we'll see. You know, as of right now, it sounds like there are some reputable sources reporting that the Rangers are leading toward Peter Laviolette. In other coaching news, though, Nashville Predators are moving on from John Hines, meaning Hines is technically now available if the Rangers want to talk to him. To me, it's not a very exciting option at all. Uh, I don't think Hines has really had a ton of success, and I just don't really see what the intrigue would be there. Uh, He'd probably be, uh, if I'm being completely honest, he'd probably be near uh, the bottom of the list. And I would have to do a little bit more research and, you know, look into everything he's done and what people say about him. I remember his time with the Devils being just a complete mess, though, and I don't think it really went that much better with Nashville. You know, obviously, they missed the playoffs this season, and uh, I think that team overall has fallen short of expectations since he became the head coach there. So Hines is available. Um, Him and Chris Drury played together in college for what that is worth. Uh, In some other coaching news, Andrew Burnett was hired as head coach of the Nashville Predators. So Andrew Burnett will not be the next head coach of the New York Rangers. We also had Spencer Carberry being hired as the next coach of the Washington Capitals. So you can cross him off the list as well. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where things stand. We'll see how it all develops going forward. But yeah, according to a couple of different sources, it sounds like Peter Laviolette um, is the front runner, at least as of right now. And um, we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll discuss that on a future episode of Locked On New York Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.